Welcome to the Gaming's Greatest Generation podcast where we discuss news, reviews, and all things video games with your hosts the OG Leo Holly, the overachiever Mark Lombardi, and Mr. Contradiction himself Matt Harms. Stay tuned for ways to connect with the G3 community, contribute to the show, or tell us about your greatest gaming experiences. Now, let's get to the show. Greetings gamers and welcome back for another episode of the G3 Podcast. Here on episode 28 on the 25th of February, you've got the whole crew here. You have Leo, aka known as Ice on all things gaming and social media, and I'm joined by Mr. Mow Them Down. Matt, what's going on, brother? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, I'm doing well. I hope that you're doing well and hope that everybody watching, listening out there is doing well, enjoying their gaming lives. And... Here you go, coming uh, on the other end of the panel, wearing his blacked out sweater, rounding out the blacked out crew, because you know he's got the sniffles tonight, apparently. Mr. Snipe90, a.k.a. Mark, what's going on, brother? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Let's get it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, this is the G3 Podcast. Hopefully, you're listening to us on your favorite audio streaming platform. Otherwise, you can check us out. Uh, in video format on Spotify or on YouTube. And in any of those cases, feel free to go ahead and give us a rating, smack that big old hand button, give us a like, and feel free to subscribe. If you like the content, you like the energy, you want to see more of it, and we can keep it going. So first and foremost, starting off with the news. A lot of news, uh, you know, a good amount of news came out this week, but most of it was game-related as opposed to some of the stuff we're going to talk about. But we're going to cover everything nonetheless. So coming out of PlayStation themselves, PlayStation went ahead and unveiled the first look at the PlayStation VR 2. So looking at the thing, I mean, it, it's kind of just a love affair. They talk a little briefly about, you know, the design and, and the features associated with the design, uh, some of the stuff dealing with the lenses and the venting. To me, it looks an awful lot like uh, the uh, Valve set, but we'll go ahead and uh, we're going to round out a couple more pieces of news here real quick, and then we'll open it up for the guys to contribute. Uh, If you like your hardware kind of like the VR2, maybe not everybody's going to be on board with future hardware stuff. Case in point, uh, coming out of GameStop, there's news that GOG will not be supporting or not be providing official support for the Steam Deck. Uh, so if you're familiar, the Steam Deck coming out of Valve is going to essentially be the mobile computer, uh, very similar, although a little bit bigger than the Nintendo Switch, but it'll run your PC games. And the Valve has gone ahead and said you can go ahead and it will run on their native Proton operating system. Otherwise, you can go ahead and flash it, put on Windows and whatnot. Uh, but there will not be, at least as far as GOG, which is a proprietary service out of uh, CD Projekt, the folks that make Cyberpunk as 2077 as well as The Witcher. Um, It's essentially their version of Steam. They've said there won't be official support for the Steam Deck, but we'll kind of talk about that as well. Uh, Rounding out the the shotgun episode here of uh, news stories, Bethesda went ahead and announced via their own website that they will be sunsetting the Bethesda.net launcher. So if you're familiar with the Bethesda.net launcher, it was uh, 
mm, best of times, worst of times, maybe more so on the worst of times. It was constantly referred to as a buggy launcher. Um, it was a mandatory if you were trying to use something like uh, Fallout 76, particularly uh, Elder Scrolls Online uh, as well. And so that kind of led to issues with updates and everything like that. But they basically uh, wrote a little piece talking about, hey, you know, we're cutting the loss, if you will, not that there was necessarily a loss on, on a launcher, but they're saying they're going to go ahead and move on and basically uh, allow all users that have games using that launcher to migrate over to Steam. Woo! Uh, and you know what? Sorry, the very, very last piece. We do also have uh, Nintendo went ahead and put out something via their new section uh, on their website proper that there's uh, a revise, a refresh, a renewed uh, Nintendo uh, online store where you can not only get games and stuff, but they kind of consolidate everything so you can get merchandise and uh, other stuff in there as well. So uh, let's go with uh, Mr. Mow Them Down. What do you got for all of that? Whatever you'd like to comment on, <laughs> sir. The floor is yours. Great. Uh, primarily, uh, as far as the GOG thing with the Steam Deck, I mean, I guess they are technically rivals in the space of the online marketplace. Uh, I don't know. I think the main thing is they have been very uh, lax in their approach to integrating any kind of Linux support with GOG. Um, it's apparently something that they may work on. It's a big community request over there. Uh, but thus far, they have not gone that route. They've already confirmed themselves that you know you can install Windows on the Steam Deck and you can play your games on GOG through there. So it's definitely a possible thing. Um, just might not be, you know, something you can do straight out of the bag, so to speak. Uh, otherwise, don't really have anything for the Nintendo store. Um, I can't say that I have a whole lot of insight into the PSVR 2, other than that it looks uh, unique. Um, I guess the design kind of conforms well with what they already have going with the PS5. So that's good, I guess, you know, since you're probably going to be sitting next to each other on your entertainment center or whatever. Um, but I'm still waiting to see, like, what the performance is going to be like. They're boasting some pretty impressive things about the displays and, you know, the headset itself and everything. So it uh, sounds real promising, but still too early to tell, I guess. Okay, cool. Uh Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, because that's Sorry, what we're going to be doing in VR. Yeah. <laughs> 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 There's so many hosts to choose from. All right, Mark, what do you got on any of these stores? Uh, VR2, uh, haven't really dove into that uh, area of gaming yet. I don't think I ever will. It's not my thing, but looks like the community is all for it. Looks good. To them, I guess they're all excited about it. <laughs> and what I see from the comments, I know Leo probably gonna jump on board day one. Uh, he eats that shit up, but uh, <laughs> uh Nintendo store, uh, not much to that, but uh, looks like they're kind of consolidating their website, putting everything in one place, which is nice, you know, and get your merch, your games, your points, you know, store exclusive all in one one stop shop, which is nice uh makes it easy for the consumer to you know go on there and easily uh find what you're looking for um yeah that's pretty pretty much what i got on those all right cool i guess Matt, you had something yeah else? i guess i'll just hop in briefly in in the i guess vein of you know consolidation or whatever that that i think is primarily the deal with like the bethesda.net 
uh, you know, shuddering or whatever. Uh, everybody's tired of having, you know, 15 launchers or whatever for their different games. Uh, Bethesda.net was never really huge anyway. And it's just kind of superfluous for Microsoft to be, you know, spend resources running service for that. So, yeah, hell, if they get rid of that, uh, integrate them into Steam, you still got, you know, Windows Store. So they're fine. They don't need it. It's less junk for people to have running on their computer, hogging up resources. So, yeah, I will say <laughs> with, the, uh, with the Bethesda.net launcher, that, the thing that really surprised me is why. And assuredly, there was a whole lot more work to come with this, but why they wouldn't want to capitalize on it, right? So they, they went ahead and they said, hey, any of your games that you have on the launcher, which, uh, I, I mean, I don't have that many on there, but uh, again, presumably it's going to be a lot of your online stuff and maybe some of their single players that are the single players being already available on the Xbox app uh, on your PC. Why they wouldn't want to go ahead and just take a little bit more time and then have it be like a huge coming out party uh, by going ahead and doing something like, oh, I don't know, having Elder Scrolls Online available to launch from uh, game PC Game Pass. Like, that's still not there. Uh, it's still not available to launch from the Xbox app. You're, you know, part and parcel to the same company now being under the Xbox brand. I don't know why they've just kind of like, I, I feel, and this is maybe just an, a, an opinion piece of mine, but I feel like everybody's just kind of bowing down to Steam uh, based on the user base that it's had, which again, just a personal thing, I don't see what's so great about Steam aside from the fact that they went ahead and beat everybody to the punch, right? They were one of the first um, kind of universal uh, PC launchers. So for me, it was a little disappointing that they didn't say something like, oh yeah, by the way, we're going to have you migrate your stuff over to Xbox. So all your stuff could be under that roof. And then it creates a little more of a um, a little more competition, if you will, for Steam. But instead, we're just going with the, the giant PC launcher in the room. So is what it is. But that's just me. Um, cool. So moving right along. I don't know how we didn't talk about this before. Like, nobody said, hey, let's talk about the, the giant elephant in the PlayStation and PC room. That is Sifu. So Sifu went ahead and launched just a couple weeks ago. Um, it's got some really great remarks. Looking at Metacritic, uh, it's coming out with a Metacritic score of 80 and a user score of 8.1. So here we've been seeing a lot of shenanigans lately of people going ahead and uh, review bombing, you know, games and just because of something petty like, oh, it wasn't available on my console. Like, okay, great. Then here's an idea. Get the console. I get it. I get it that we, we're in tough, tough times when it comes to inventory, but that is no call to go ahead and basically badmouth the hard work of the developers. Uh, and it seems like slow claps, the developers here at Sifu put in a lot of great work. Um, I mean, do you guys have anything? I, I want to get my hands on it, but again, I'm kind of in the same boat as I was with uh, Horizon Forbidden West or, yeah, Horizon, excuse me, Horizon Forbidden West. Why, why am I going to go ahead and jump on that one right now when I still have such a backlog that by the time I actually get to play the thing, it'll probably have already been, you know, uh, on discount if I buy it, like, right out the jump. Uh, Mark, what are you thinking? You you of the three of us really want to get your hands on a PS5. Have you thought about getting Seafool on PC in the meantime? Or are you going to still wait and, and play it on the majesty that is the PS5? <sighs> no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait, wait for that clearance. Uh, <laughs> I could see it going on sale and, uh, you know, Maybe next month or two. Uh, looks, I mean, it looks good. 
Uh, a lot of positive feedback from the community. Uh, people are saying it's a short game. Uh, I'm not sure the whole, you know, plot and all that. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll wait. Uh, I don't, no, nothing I can see, you know, playing next day, you know, buying it, spending hours on it, you know, next day. So I, I can wait. Yeah, I think uh, the discussion point of it being a, a, a shorter game, I think I saw somewhere it's somewhere in the range of 16 to 20 hours. Um, that being said, I would imagine there's a big dependency there, right? Because the whole game mechanic is you go through, you battle uh, all these baddies working your way to a boss. I, I believe I've heard there's like six levels, uh, so six bosses that you have to get through. Who's to say if there's maybe going to be, you know, ones that they add in as DLC later on. But that being said... Uh, every time you go ahead and die, you essentially are able to go ahead and use, um, oh man, I forget what it's called right now, but you're able to use a form of enchantment, forgive the wording there, uh, to basically come back to life. But depending on your soul count, I think it is, you go ahead and you age relative to that. So, um, you know, the idea is to beat the game before you go ahead and you age out, if you will. So I think Part of that with the gameplay and the speed by which you can complete the game varies based on how good you is, right? So um, those there are some people that we've probably seen out there. They're like, all right, I beat it in 12 hours. It's like, all right. Whereas somebody like yours truly would probably play through it. And aside from wanting to maximize my gameplay, that's not really my number one style. Um, so I probably take close to that 20 plus hours to finish it. Uh, Matt, what are you thinking about Sifu? Is it something that you're interested in? I mean, <clears throat> I hate to be the review bomber, but I, you know, I went ahead and purchased it. I was, I, you know, Shocker. got swept up in the hype. Doesn't doesn't work on my <laughs> Xbox, man. Zero out of ten. I can't. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I I've heard good things. You know, I'm sure it's not necessarily perfect. I have zero qualms with a 16 day hour 20 experience if it's a good solid experience. Um, well. We'll get back to that, I guess, here a little later. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind if a game is, you know, concise and delivers a good experience, you know, end to end. I, I don't need to be running back and forth between the two same spots over a gigantic open world or whatever to, you know, have 100 hours of gameplay or whatever. So not a problem for me. Uh, if I ever get a PS5 or whatever, then I'll check it out. Or maybe on, you know, PC, I guess, if I ever something together there but yeah seems cool and and who knows we'll see right there there's more and more whispers in the ether of more news coming uh about the project spartacus playstation's you know game pass competitor uh and so who knows maybe they'll go ahead and they will have a pc component to that so that way you don't necessarily have to buy your your playstation games on steam or epic game store if i don't know you want to continue your trophy count or something to that effect right if you're into the weird meta like i am in that regard um nope. so yeah <laughs> nope he's alone <laughs> all right cool uh, but you know when I hope to not be alone is when I go ahead and hop into Destiny 2, the Witch Queen expansion. So that also just came out. Um, and there's just nonstop great reviews coming out about this. So for those that are not uh, Destiny initiated, I'm not the master know-it-all when it comes to this stuff. We have a buddy of ours that plays it uh, far more regularly. That being said, if you've been following it, Destiny is uh, a Bungie IP that uh, they came out with several years ago. Destiny 2 came out, I 
want to say five years ago off the top of my head. I could be wrong on that one. Um, but they've added several expansions to the game along the way that have just added to the lore, added to the story. The Witch Queen uh, being the newest and, and biggest one that they've gone ahead and capitalized on years of storytelling leading up to this, this uh, launch. And so what we're seeing is a lot of great reviews. So a lot of people are saying really good things about it. They're saying the wait was worth it. Um, who knows? Because the Destiny community is a, an extremely passionate one. They're more than happy to let you know what works and doesn't work. Um, and I don't, I, well, I know we talked about it offline. None of us have played it. So uh, unless you gents have something else to add on the what uh, I threw out there, we're just going to press. Go right uh, Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Cool. <laughs> uh, so moving right along. The other big elephant in the room, the newest, greatest launch that just happened yesterday. Yesterday, uh, Elden Ring is now out. The legend, the myth, the the thing that people have been so hyped over. Uh, the game uh, developed by From Software that there, I guess there was some collaboration with uh, George R R Martin going ahead and collaborating in the writing of this game. Uh, the hit coming out by Hidetaka Miyazaki uh, basically is a From Soft uh, Souls like game. Uh, but in an open world fashion. Uh, so kind of the same thing people have said that you can go ahead and finish this game in about 30 hours. The thing that I find most remarkable, it's been a long time since I've gone ahead and seen a game that has had such great uh, reviews uh, and remarks on Metacritic. It's coming out with uh, a 95 on PC, a 95 on the Xbox Series consoles, and a 97 on PS5. So Elden Ring... Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't understood the hype about it, but that's also because I'm not a Souls guy. Matt, you and I talked about me going ahead and taking that plunge a couple weeks ago when a lot of the Souls games were on sale. But again, my backlog's a monster. But that being said, Souls, I feel like you've played something before in the Souls franchise. What what are you feeling about this game? Uh, I mean, I've, I've dabbled with that uh, to a varying degree. The only Souls-like game I could say that I believe that i've completed would be fall in order if you're going to consider that um it's kind of like formulated around that template it's not really quite as punishing but um but I, i've i've played the beginning bit of dark souls the first one duh, a lot of times but uh yeah that game is uh it's all just trial and error you know what i mean i it's intriguing but i'm i always get so bored so quickly that I, you know, want to hop around and start doing my thing, bouncing around game to game. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd love to get into it someday. I hear that those games really are, you know, Mastercraft as far as the the quality of the world building and, and just really everything about it. I mean, pe people are so passionate about the that whole, you know, franchise and, and whatever from, from software. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I it looks cool. Elden Ring looks cool so far as what I've seen. I do hear it's not maybe performing quite as well as people were hoping in terms of actually running on the various machines that it's out on, but I'm sure they'll be working on that, you know. Uh, it, worst things is that it sounds like they're mainly just, you know, like uh, frame rate issues, holding a steady frame rate, but I mean, hey, if that's the worst you got going right now, like for a huge title like this at release, uh, I'd say they're doing alright, so... 
uh, GOTY contender, I guess, 2022? <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I, I would concur on that one. I mean, we've gone ahead and we got great reviews and, and remarks here. We're going ahead and already seeing there's uh, talk. I don't know if they pushed it yet uh, for a day one patch, basically trying to resolve some of those issues that uh, you were referring to. And yeah, I mean, hands down, we we on the show have talked about using 85 on Metacritic as kind of our benchmark to identify, hey, this is probably going to be something in, in talks for Game of the Year. And last year for the Game Award nominees, we were pretty much on point with regard to the nominees. Um, you know, there was a couple titles that we didn't expect, a couple titles that hit under that 85 on Metacritic and, and were still considered for awards, but... I, I would definitely throw, you know, my coin in the ring, if you will, to say that Elden Ring is definitely going to be game of the year contender. Mark, what are you thinking about Elden Ring? You're going to get good and play this game? Is, is it something that uh, you're interested in? Uh, sadly enough, I can't say it is. <laughs> uh, I never really got into the Souls games. Uh, I mean, yeah, it looks good, but it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> All right, cool. So we'll see. Uh, it sounds like Mars, uh, Mars kids beat him up enough at home already. He doesn't need to get more yeah, punishment in this go. video game. Yeah, well, yeah, the video break out the, the break, the right? blades. Yeah. <laughs> inside joke, inside joke. Why, why go ahead and die in a video game when you can just lose your soul over and over in real life, right? All right, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, our last piece of news uh, to again, kind of like. To me, it was kind of no surprise, similar in fashion to uh, the unveiling by uh, Take-Two and Rockstar that they were working on GTA 6. Guess what, guys? Capcom went ahead and officially announced that they are developing Street Fighter 6. So um, the logo uh, has come under a lot of criticism, basically being like something that you could straight up get off a template maker uh, for any type of generic brand. Uh, I watched the uh, the trailer the video uh the teaser if you will that they went ahead and uh talked about for this thing and it it looks like it's going to be quite a bit different a different take than the animation style and whatnot that we've seen uh, of past street fighter titles uh mark uh i don't recall i feel like you're the fighter or the least the least of the fighters the matt and i are the ones that definitely get into it specifically with the mortal Kombat brand street fighter is that of any interest to you uh, I haven't played, I think four was the last one I played. Um, I did see a teaser four as well. Four would be the one on Xbox. Yeah. Um, it does look more animated, like you said, if that makes sense to the people. Like, it's not, you know, like Maybe more school. CG? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of, kind of odd. But, I mean, they only gave you a, what, 10 second little teaser. Um, as far as the little logo is concerned, they kind of, it's a little funky. Um, so I'm not sure kind of direction that maybe they're trying to change things up over, you know, all the years. So see where it goes. Yeah, definitely. We shall see. Matt, is this something you're going to keep your finger on the pulse of? Uh, I, I think the last three fighter game I played was probably like, you know, on the super Nintendo. So, uh, it's, it's probably not something I'm going to like dive into immediately uh you know if you pick it up i'm sure that we'll you know smack each other around or whatever i'll be uh you know Honda. uh but no uh i i'll 
I'll check it out. I guess if uh, we have the opportunity, but it's not something I'm really keeping my eye out for. And one more time for the audio listeners: How does the Honda go? Uh, we, we, we probably no. It's not. It's not getting trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, cool. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break, and we will be back right after this. Heard something you liked? Maybe you want to showcase a great gaming experience? Or perhaps you just want to share a laugh with the crew? Join the Discord by using the link in the show notes. We look forward to you being part of the community. Alright gamers, and we're back. So, moving on to our next segment. Uh, if you, you know, happen to cue in on what we were talking about last week, the Dice Awards actually just happened last night here in beautiful Las Vegas. So, uh, what are the Dice Awards? So, the Academy of Interactive Arts and Science uh, goes ahead and they host uh, the Dice Awards. It's essentially developers respecting other developers, right? It's awards for devs by devs kind of deal. Uh, and so, just going through the list we would previously talked about, uh, Ed Boon went ahead and received the, uh, he, he was inducted into the uh, Dice Hall of Fame. And then Phil Spencer also received the Lifetime Achievement Awards. Pretty good speeches by both of them. Lots of humility. I was actually pretty, pretty impressed by that. But insofar as the awards, uh, as for the Dice Awards, we talked uh, previously about all the nominees. Shotgun episode. We're just going to kind of roll through these right quick and then we'll talk about the things of interest. Uh, so winning four. Immersive Reality Technical Achievement, Lone Echo 2. Outstanding Achievement in Animation, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Outstanding Achievement in Art Direction, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Outstanding Achievement in Audio Design, Returnal. Outstanding Achievement in Character went to Resident Evil Village. Outstanding Achievement in Game Design, It Takes Two. Outstanding Achievement in Game Direction, Deathloop. Outstanding Achievement in Original Music Composition, Returnal. Outstanding Achievement in Story, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Outstanding Technical Achievement, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Action Game of the Year, Halo Infinite. Adventure Game of the Year, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Family Game of the Year, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Fighting Game of the Year, Guilty Gear Strive. Racing Game of the Year, Forza Horizon 5. Role-playing game of the year, Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. Sports game of the year, Mario Golf Super Rush. Strategy simulation game of the year, Age of Empires IV. Immersive reality game of the year, Lone Echo 2. Mobile game of the year, Pokemon Unite. Online game of the year, Halo Infinite. Outstanding achievement for an independent game, Unpacking. And the game of the year, it takes two. Matt, go ahead, get your gloats in. I'll let you start it off. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, I mean, primarily, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm happy that I guess if you know if it wasn't going to be Halo, I guess with the audio design, Returnal, like I said, you know, have it experienced directly, but have heard lots of good things about them. You know, really wanted to make use of the the 3d audio engine and the playstation so good for them uh that's a that's a cool deal for them uh halo getting the action game of the year solid you know that that that's good for them 
I, I am a little surprised with the online game of the year, maybe just with some of the other contenders or whatever, you know, like if nothing else, the final fantasy deal. Um, but yeah, uh, I, it's been a minute since I, I've been back. I don't know if they fixed big team battle yet. I'm hoping, uh, but <laughs> gotta get back to that, I guess, eventually. But then of course, uh, you know, it takes two baby, uh, uh you know, uh, game design and then, uh, you know, game of the year all the way. We gotta, we gotta get old Joseph on the, uh, on the show, but yes, game of two. Woo. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Excellent. Mark, any of these stand out to you or any ones that you were happy to see achieved? I know oh. what he's disappointed about. <laughs> or, or, or that, I guess. I like to see inscription in there somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh, happy to see. Nominated, uh, right? It was yeah, nominated, yeah. Uh, yeah, a couple, couple spots. But uh, yeah, a lot of Ratchet and Clank. I mean, it's nice. Still upset. I haven't played it yet. Uh, Leo, you haven't played it either, so. Ha. Huh. Um. <laughs> Uh, happy to see Mario Golf uh, made the sports uh, category. And uh, uh, yeah, Halo Infinite. Uh, I mean, it's got a lot, of, a lot of fan base, so I guess that was a no-brainer there. Even though it had a little Spon- hiccups here and there. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, kind of uneventful uh, Dice Awards, I would say. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, personally, I like that of the Dice Awards, right? It, they get in there, they have their speakers, they get pretty much to the point, here's the awards, we don't worry about sponsors or any of that jazz. Game Awards is much more grandiose, and let's be frank, like, a lot of the attention goes more towards game trailers and unveils, uh, world premieres, than maybe enough respect goes to some of the awards, right? Like, sometimes they'll go to a commercial break, and they'll be like, oh, by the way, here were these five award winners, and you're just like... Wow. Okay. Great move, guys. Um, anywho, uh, as for my impressions of the game award, I Matt, I'm sorry, I haven't changed my opinion. Like, <laughs> it takes two was a good game. I, I'm sorry, I don't think it was game of the year. Anyways, um, that's fair. But no, no. but you know what Get matters? That sweet spot with that nice uh, twenty minute dinner or twenty minute twenty hour uh, runtime. You know. <laughs> oh, I was like, where is he going with this? Um, but you know what, in this case, our opinions don't really matter because this was the devs, um, that were picking for this one. I will say they concurred with my opinion. So (laughs) I will say I was surprised to see Ratchet and Clank win four awards, Yeah, but not win game of the year like that. I am I'm sure Sony and Insomniac were conspiracy that one. I I paid a lot of money and, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Anyway, hey. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this this brings about an interesting question, though, right? Will we go ahead and see Halo Infinite at the Game Awards this year? Because remember, when it launched uh, this last November, it was outside the deadline to Elden Ring is going to take everything. It's... <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, right? But uh, <laughs> the fact that Halo went ahead and was recognized by fellow devs for its accomplishments, both uh, in action game of the year and online game of the year. We'll see what that, you know, how well that holds weight when it comes to the Game Awards this year, coming most likely once again uh, in December. So, uh, moving right along into uh, our third and basically final section for this evening, if you will. Um, 
there was a hot wash of sorts, right? So this news came out of uh, MSN, but there was essentially a hot wash that EA and particularly DICE uh, went ahead and looked at, hey, how did we do or what could we have done better to possibly hit the mark because they felt they didn't really hit the mark when it came to the release uh, and follow on support, initial support for Battlefield 2042. So hot wash, not, not really anything, at least that's what I call it. It's not really anything new, right? It's basically kind of an after action uh, when you have a game release or something to that effect. Developers, publishers, they're gonna look and say, what could we do better next time? One of the things that was interestingly mentioned was EA staff wasn't really blaming Halo Infinite, but they did cite it as a contributing factor as to why people weren't playing Battlefield 2042. So I went ahead and I heard this and, you know, I didn't want to give it much mind, but then a couple of things started coming to mind, particularly when we think about EA's previous decisions of releasing games, particularly Titanfall, which they left to basically die, uh, going ahead and being launched between a Battlefield title and a Call of Duty title, basically cannibalizing because they are the Battlefield studio or the publisher, right? We also look at Cyberpunk 2077, how it launched pretty ugly. Uh, and now with the patch that we just talked about last week, it's getting all kinds of praise and people may be, you know, picking it up for the first time kind of deal. We look at other titles like Crossfire X, which Xbox went ahead and was talking about in a number of their unveils and the summer show that they had last year in conjunction with E3. And then we think about titles like No Man's Sky, which thank you to Hello Games for going ahead and sticking true to their word and providing support for that because if you go ahead and you look at how that game launched and the promises that were made, I remember going to PSX here in Las Vegas in 2014, and I saw that game for the first time prior to its launch, and I was in awe. And then when it came out, it it left some pretty big shoes to fill, right? It didn't meet the desires. So the question that I thought about that I wanted to pose is, uh, as we circle back and we talk about Battlefield 2042, and there's been a lot of rumor of EA potentially going ahead and making the game a free-to-play at this point because they didn't hit the mark. Uh, and, you know, they they left a lot of ground uncovered, left a lot of money on the table, if you will. It begs the question of, like, why do these publishers still release games that are not ready for the limelight? Why do they not go ahead and take their time? Clearly, it's a management decision uh, in many of these cases and poor management decision. So it kind of sets it up in my mind for a discussion and begs the question of how are we going to go ahead? Because this show is most likely listened to by more avid gamers, right? But when we look at the general gaming population, the folks that are rushing to the stores in the October, November, the pre-holiday season to try and go ahead and scoop up the titles, hence why we still see some of these major releases significantly in the November time slot. Why do these publishers still go ahead and basically sacrifice a quality product to bring out something? And will we get to a point where they can't consolidate uh, and recoup the money that they've spent in development to the point where they have really no other option but to do exactly what we're seeing right now and basically going ahead and being rolled up into a PlayStation or Microsoft or Take-Two 
I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it uh, with since EA didn't hit the mark necessarily on Battlefield 2042. Mark, what are you thinking about this? I'm gonna actually bet and uh, t- toss it over to Matt there because uh, I feel like he's got a lot on his mind. <laughs> Matt, with the contemplation face, what are you thinking? What? Tell us about the gears turning. What what what's what's really grinding you right now? Little man, I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't say anything's really like grinding me or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, this is something that that's been happening for, I mean, quite a while now. Uh, the problem is that you know people tend to just keep purchasing the titles, so there's no disad like there's no uh, disincentivization, if you will, I guess, for the developer or for the publisher, less the developer, right? Uh, but for the publisher to be like, no, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and put this out. You guys can keep working it after it releases. And then, you know, we'll be able to get that cash flow coming in because we're spending so much money on, on all this stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a problem with management, but it is uh, very intrinsic to the industry anymore. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I think that's part of the reason that you're seeing these large studios being okay with, you know, being acquired. Uh, it's like, hey, we just don't have to worry about it anymore. Whatever, you know, uh, Microsoft has oodles of money so they can, you know, uh, deal with, you know, a, a slower, you know, in, income stream or whatever from maybe direct sales or whatever. You know, they got the whole Game Pass thing. It's part of their whole approach and pitch and everything. Uh, but yeah, pe- you know, people just need to stop buying trash, you know, yearly or every two year releases on these big, huge titles that are supposed to be, or, or that people are wanting to be monumental improvements uh, that the developer is going to try and deliver upon, but are never going to have the time to achieve. Uh, specifically in EA's case, I mean, I think they, what was, what was the most recent deal or whatever for like NFL rights, like 1.5 billion over a few years or something. So like they, you know, they got to keep that cash coming in. They can't allow Dice to be like, you know, hey, we really want to, you know, do something great and take our time with it. You know, they're like, well, you got you got 18 months or 24 months or whatever, you know, get it done. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's an unfortunate deal. I'm not sure when we'll start to see that get better. Uh, the scary thing now is, you know, OK, yeah, people aren't going to continue to to buy the game every year at the, at the price we're wanting to sell it. So now it's going to be, you know, well, we'll go to, we'll go free to play. You can kind of already see the groundwork with what they were doing with the, the specialists in, in 2042 rather than the classic, you know, class system. Um, so now it's just going to be, you know, yeah, you don't have to buy the game. You just download it and play it, but then, you know, give us a dollar, every couple of days or $20 here on some skins or whatever, you know, it was just, was nickel and dime and, you know, perpetuity. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it in your ball. Matt. So since you went ahead and you're talking about uh, essentially operators, do you see this going no, in the direction of something like a rainbow <clears throat> six siege where they're going to go a hundred percent? Yeah, okay. absolutely. I, I, if I'm being honest, I thought that's where that was going ever since they started talking about that. Um, so yeah, going free to play would help to get, I mean, a, a greater player base in, but would also lessen the blow in terms of, you know, well, you know, to really play effectively, you're going to have to keep up on these operators, excuse me, and, you know, yeah, buy them for a few bucks a pop. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. And for those that, uh, you know, Rainbow Six isn't their wheelhouse, Rainbow Six Siege, the, uh, multiplayer game by Ubisoft, 
uh, goes ahead and kind of capitalizes on the Rainbow Six franchise, the Tom Clancy franchise, but uh, they have it. How could we best describe this thing? So it's a, uh, a tactical shooter where both sides are taking turns in their roles of either defense or offense. And the big picture, uh, monetarily speaking, when you're talking about Rainbow Six Siege, is over time they release new operators, and every operator is essentially behind a paywall. Uh, you either go ahead and play repeatedly in this game to go ahead and earn in-game credits that you can then translate over into a purchasable item that being these operators or you go ahead and you pay with cold hard cash and have it uh, you know purchased that way uh, and that's on top of being able to go ahead and buy skins and special weapon components and whatnot so um, Mark Right back at you, baby. What are you oh, thinking yeah. about yeah, yeah. EA and Battlefield 2042? You bought 2042, right? I'm not. I'm not Dude. sitting here to drag Dude. you through the mud. Of the three of us, you're the one that bought it. What What are you thinking? Does this news, uh, you know, kind of shock you that they may or may not have blamed Halo Infinite? Like we've also played Halo Infinite together. You, you. So you probably have the best comparison base of which one is a more worthwhile or more fun online game to play. So. You know, feel free to give us your thoughts on that. And, and like, yeah. is, is consolidation really the end result when these companies are striving so hard to recoup these hundreds of millions of dollars in game development? Yeah, um, I did uh, hit a, hit the pre-order on that one. Uh, I'm, I always, you know, jump the gun on game purchases. Uh, you know, I thought it'd be something different to play with uh, the homies. Uh, that didn't get it, but I, mean, I did have uh, fun with it. If it goes free to play, that's the thing. It's bittersweet for Mark if it goes free to play. Cause yeah. It's like, well, yeah, I guess I spent that $60 too early, yeah. but now now we'll have the homies to play with. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not upset about the money. Money can't, can't take it with you. But uh, I have played some, not too much of it, but uh, enough. I mean, it's better than it was at launch. I, a couple updates here and there. I will say how many I mean how many times have you seen a game come out and then there's a day one update, a week later update, you know, it's it's coming more more and more, you know. You can see it a lot more these days. Um, yeah, like like Leo was talking about No Man's Sky, I remember. Uh did they finally get a scoreboard? They finally got the scoreboard in twenty forty two, right? No, not to my knowledge. Oh man! That's a- oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I think man. I literally was listening to something earlier this week, and they said, "Seriously, they they still don't even have a scoreboard in that thing." And I was just like, "Like how? It's, just, it's Battlefield." So yeah, for me, man, for I, me yeah. that's extremely painful, right? I've basically I started playing Battlefield uh, with Battlefield Two on PC. This was in the what the very early two thousands, right? Uh, and I've gone ahead and over time really bought just about every Battlefield that's come out, including the Battlefield 2 that came out for the original Xbox. Uh, and I thought that that was a super fun game. And, you know, th- this one was really disheartening to me because I was looking forward. As soon as I saw the title, 2042, I was like, yes, because 2042 was um, or the... Right? 2142. 2142. Thank you. Numbers. Uh, 2142 <laughs> was kind of a cult classic in, in the battlefield sense because you went from very modern day and in some cases the past stuff like Battlefield Vietnam to the super futuristic. They had mechs. They had flying mechs. It was 
Uh, Hover tanks. Very much a, yeah, hover <laughs> tanks. It was a very different taste on Battlefield and different different take. And a lot of people liked it. And so 2042 essentially was supposed to be kind of an ode to that, but not necessarily so grandiose and so outlandish that, you know, it was essentially like Terminator type stuff going so far into the future. And it, it really, when I saw the game, and again, I tried the, the beta when it came out, and I was in the group that was going and being somewhat vocal in forums and stuff going, please don't release this. It's still buggy. And so surprise, surprise, the powers that be went ahead and released it anyways. Um, but we're going to go ahead and take a, another quick break, and then we'll wrap up this conversation. And then we'll go with a new, a new section, kind of a new section, uh, that we're going ahead and adding to the show. But we'll be back right after this. Are you an industry insider? A professional interested in working with us? Maybe you just have an incredible gaming story to tell, but calling isn't your thing. Email us at gamingsgreatestgeneration at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, gamers, we're back. So we're continuing this section where we talk about essentially what, what is the future that we're going to see with a lot of these games. If we continue to go ahead and see game development cause such difficulty and such a, a cost influx for development, are we gonna need to see other sourcing come? We've already seen DLC, we've already seen microtransactions. Uh, we on the podcast have kind of avoided the NFT talk. Honestly, I, I don't even wanna talk about it because I think it's gonna be a fad that's gonna come in to the game uh, discussions and then go right out, even though some executives in the gaming sphere uh, will maybe have you believe otherwise. And it was awful ironic, actually, at the DICE Awards, uh, Greg Miller and Jessica Chobot, the hosts, went ahead and actually said something to that effect of, hey, keep those NFTs outside of our games. Anywho, uh, it, it, it disturbs me a little bit, this notion that if these games continue to not achieve financial success, that they are just going to say, okay, eventually everything is going to be a free-to-play, right? Fortnite is killing it right now. Uh, you've got Rocket League has now gone free-to-play. So that's a, something else out of uh, Epic Games. Clearly, they know what they're doing because they're able to go ahead and create these, you know, these mega hits that are free-to-play and then they have microtransactions and whatnot on the inside. Uh, you've got Apex Legends, which is out of EA and was frankly made by Respawn that a lot of people are pointing to as the only shining uh, star, if you will, in EA. Uh, so Matt, you have always been a, a champion of the little guy and a bludgeon to those that would want to go ahead and nickel and dime you for every little purchase within a video game. Do you think that, and this, this is, this is, I want to kind of keep you on your toes here. Do you think that consolidation may be the answer? To avoiding NFT stuff? Absolutely not. NFT uh, microtransaction, just basically yeah. As far as the microtransaction thing, no, absolutely not. Uh, no, Microsoft was the one who really made the big push back. You know, originally I think like in 360 days or whatever, really started doing microtransactions real hard. Uh, I don't, I don't really see that changing. I don't see that going away. Uh, that seems to be the more and more of the focus. However, uh, at least for now, they have seem to kind of like poo-poo uh 
the the NFT concept. However, but you know, if that becomes more prevalent and that's really taking off elsewhere, they're absolutely going to get on board with that. Like, there's no way that they're not going to. Um, yeah, I I'm pretty leery. I'm not really interested in the whole NFT thing personally, but um, I you know, I guess I guess if it doesn't ruin the I guess if it doesn't ruin the experience any more than the microtransaction thing, then whatever. Uh, if I can still, you know, just avoid it entirely or whatever, then cool. Something tells me that that might not really be the case. I mean, with with Siege as an example, uh, you know, uh, for anyone who's actually not familiar, it it's like a hero shooter essentially, the 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 Tom Clancy hero shooter, uh, rather than run it like overwatch where you know you buy the game and then they just sell a bunch of cosmetics but make the characters all interesting kind of make you care about it and you can still earn them for you know free by playing the game or whatever. some people are interested in going ahead and decking their characters all out uh you can't do that well you can do that in siege in terms of buying a whole bunch of stuff to deck your character out but you can't really earn them for free in any real reliable way you can get something toward trying to unlock characters, but that's kind of paywalled off. I wouldn't be shocked if you start seeing that with NFT economy stuff in games where, you know, oh yeah, you know, you got to have this good item or these good items or whatever, and they're all super specific and it's like a limited, you know, commodity now. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. Don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, we we may go ahead in the future have an episode about NFT stuff. I will go ahead and throw a shout out to uh, the 1v1 Gaming Podcast. They uh, they went ahead and they had a show, uh, I want to say two or three episodes ago, and they really got into the NFT discussion in a, in a great way. They had some really great points uh, and were clearly educated on the matter. Uh, I'm not savvy enough or smart enough, quite frankly, as I don't care about it, but I think for education purposes, for our listenership, maybe at least one or all of us will go ahead and, and in the future have a much more in-depth discussion about it but uh, i agree with you matt if it you know if it means uh going ahead and damning us to uh microtransactions continually just you know microtransactions as opposed to going ahead and throwing in uh the nuances of nfts um i don't know i for me i'm almost on board with the consolidation and and i think it goes back to um a, a quote oh my goodness i had it and i just lost it but you know who didn't lose it mark mark's got a point that he wants to bring up go ahead and take it away mark oh yeah i was just gonna i'm i'm right there with you as far as you know the careless but um as far as like the whole you know nft thing moving into gaming it's like you said i think it's gonna be a, a phase um and then it might come and go with you know, half half of us are gonna be like, "Oh yeah, bring it on in." Half of us are gonna be like, "Uh, this isn't what gaming's all about." I mean, you know, back, I think we touched briefly on it, you know, a couple episodes ago. Like, whatever happened to, you know, a game getting released and that's it. You pay for the game, enjoy it. That's it. Now it's like a money grabbing thing. So it's just turned into this more not about the game, but more about money. So that, that's all I got. Yeah, and like I said, that that's what I'm fearful of. Uh, I couldn't remember the quote for the life of me, but you know, it's it's no factor. Um, but I agree, it needs to be about the games, not so much about you know how much we can monetize in a game. Uh, you know, yours truly, I believe that uh, I kind of like um, 
man, I am really just a loss for, for quotes and names today. But there's a saying, it came out of uh, the Mario developer, but he said, uh, a broken game can never be fixed or something to that effect. I'm butchering it terribly right now. But um, the bottom line is, if you go ahead and bring out crap, it's going to be crap forever. If you go ahead and take the time to make a great game, it's going to be a great game. I mean, we're sitting here naming all these different titles that we have a reverence for. And that's because they went ahead and they took the time to make a good game. And I think word of mouth is probably going to be the biggest moneymaker that these devs can hope for. And the fact of the matter is just focus and make a good game, guys. And, you know, the consumer base is going to get, go ahead and do the work for you. And with that... I'm sorry. That sound. I, oh, 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 my God. <laughs> oh, my God. What? What? What is your point? We were so getting just, ready for a segue. What? No, I just, I just want to get to uh, a little bit. This is, this is the the NFT future. This is the, the I guess you know, uh, the the premise boiled down. So here's here's every uh, you know major publisher or whatever. Here, here we go. Uh, <clears throat> give me money, money me, money now. Me and money needing a lot now. <laughs> All right, sorry. And with those words, thanks for of, tuning in, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the Slay the Spire <laughs> podcast. Uh, Shows up and rap. Okay. Oh my god. Anyways, that sound, ladies and gentlemen, means we're moving on to our next segment and our relatively new segment on the show that we're going to call Release Radar. So. Uh, here in Release Radar, we're just going to go ahead and essentially capitalize, just put in a nice little box, the thing that we would normally do anyways, where we talk about the games that are coming up in essentially the next week or two weeks, and just go ahead and discuss you know the ones we're most looking forward to, and then we'll round out the show with what we've been playing, what we've been doing, and where you can find us. So uh, once again, today we're going ahead and recording this uh, on February 25th. The month is just about over, but the stuff that we can look forward to is... Uh, we have releasing today Atelier Sophie 2, The Alchemist of the Mysterious Dream. That's on PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. Elden Ring came out today. There we go. I thought it was yesterday. My dummy. It's it's today. Uh, and that came out on PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series consoles, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Grid Legends comes out on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series consoles, uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. And then we can lean into next week a little bit. We got Elix 2 coming out, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, Far, Changing Tides coming out for PlayStation 5 and for Xbox Series consoles, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Puzzle Quest 3 coming out on March 1st. Uh, that's going to be PC, iOS, and Android. Sorry if I missed some of the dates on these. Uh, Shadow Warrior 3 coming out March 1st. That's coming out on PS4 and Xbox One and PC. Babylon's Fall coming March 3rd for PlayStation 5, 4, and PC. And Gran Turismo 7 coming out March 4th, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, as well as Triangle Strategy coming out for Switch on March oh, 4th. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. With that. I don't know. There we go. Matt, go ahead and take it away, man. Let's talk about oh, it real man. quick. What are you looking forward to the next week? I mean, yeah, so uh gonna definitely keep my own reviews for Triangle Strategy. Uh um, switch OLED. Yeah, gonna have to uh check out the yeah. hype on Gran Turismo seven once once that is out as well. 
Uh, Elix 2, I'm going to have to put my eye on. That's probably not one I'm going to buy, like, right at release. I still need to go back and actually, like, get through the first one. But uh, but the first one was kind of interesting. It was it was neat. Um, so, yeah, that'll, that'll be, I guess, what I've got my eye on here. And, Matt, don't forget, if you're trying to get that Switch for the low, low, you can take a look back at the news that we posted about the new Nintendo Switch online store where you can actually get specific hardware pieces like the Nintendo Switch refurbished for a discounted price. Mark, what are you thinking? Are any of these coming in the well next said, week? Well uh, said. Yeah. Uh, not much at the beginning of the month. I'm more towards the end. Uh, I'll jump ahead just on two titles. Uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land and Tiny Tina's Wonderlands come out on the 25th. Uh, those are the two um, hype for this month, as you could say. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, not gonna lie, the stuff coming out in this next week, probably the one or two that has me most excited is Grand Turismo 7. I want to play it. Uh, whether or not I get it day one is uh, yet to be determined. Uh, however, Shadow Warrior 3, I'm Pretty sure there was talk of that coming out to streaming services, and I could be wrong, but um, that might be something interesting. Uh, Matt hasn't quite sold me yet on Triangle Strategy for Switch, um, but the Switch is the one platform that I have been paying full price for games, mainly because they don't ever go on discount that much. Um, but he nice. and I will talk about it online, and we'll figure out maybe maybe I'll go ahead and start dipping into You're gonna that. going to be the new Slate Aspire. All right, cool, guys. So yeah. what have we been playing? Clearly, we've said the name like three different times. Mark, why don't, why, don't, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you've been playing, where can the people find you, what you've been up to? Uh, of course, you can find me every week right here at the G3 Podcast. Whoop, whoop. Um, have not been playing too much this week, sadly. Uh, no Slate Aspire. These guys can tell you all about it, uh, preach about it, you know, uh, praise the good lord about it uh but uh <laughs> uh yeah not too much here i'm gonna hop into some some halo uh haven't played that in a while see what they added you know see if they revamped the big team battle um yeah not too much man all right excellent uh matt before we all go apparently play big team battle tonight why don't you go ahead and tell us about uh, our lord and savior the spire and, and what else you've been playing and getting into and uh where people can find you if they uh choose to do so yes we praise it uh yeah no i you got me addicted now to slay the spire so that's what i've been doing in my little bit of gaming time this week Awful, awful convenient to boot it up on the uh you know cloud streaming through game pass on my phone so i can just sort of you know click around with that while uh, the old girlfriend's you know out here on the tv watching whatever she wants it's works pretty well works pretty just well just dance so. evolution yeah uh so yeah uh that's what i've been playing mainly uh i am looking forward to maybe getting a little bit of halo in with you guys or something that would be nice uh yeah, that's about about uh, all I've been playing here lately. We did play a tiny bit of Rocket League. Uh, but yeah, uh, you guys can find me here as well every week. Otherwise, I may be trying to get into some streaming now that Xbox has integrated Twitch streaming back into the Xbox Say platform. What? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. We'll see. Might uh, you know get a little get a little Rocket League in there when we're playing with the homies or something. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll. Uh, I'll get back to everybody on that, I guess, once I get a little more ready for that. 
All right, cool. Mark, you had uh, something else you wanted to throw oh, in there? On the, on the streaming topic, we didn't really touch right. base on it. I mean, oh, we could have. Okay. I don't know if anyone heard about it, but Xbox is partnering right. up with Twitch. Uh, I can't again. believe it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, again. Uh, you know, they had the whole, uh, you know, broadcast from your console thing with the whole mixer thing. And uh, people were sad to see that go. And now they partnered back up with Twitch. And. You know, you can stream right from your console. I, uh, you know, talked with these guys off air about you know maybe integrating the uh, the PC side to it. Aside from you know third party software, where you know you gotta open this, open this. Uh, you know, we able to stream here and there. Uh, it'd be cool to you know integrate it all in the game bar. Um, I don't know if you guys got anything to add to that, but uh, that'd be pretty cool. Not so much anything to add. Yeah, as you guys mentioned, they, they went ahead and Twitch was in, Twitch was out, Twitch was back in, and that was all based on uh, decision points that Microsoft and Xbox wanted to do. They they went ahead and they stood up their own service, that being Mixer, which again, just my humble opinion, I think was a better uh, platform as far as technically speaking, specifications and uh, latency. Um, but then when you talk about the features that already exist and the bandwidth, uh, it's good to see that they're going ahead and coming back with Twitch. Uh, what I personally like to see is them also have some uh, direct YouTube streaming integration, but we'll see uh, how that goes. But um, a lot of this integration also brings about the question of whether or not we're going to go ahead and start doing live shows. So we'll go ahead and think about that. That'll be something for the future. But if you want to go ahead and uh, see tuned, us do folks. the... Yeah, if you want to see us do the live shows, hey, here's an idea. Go ahead and hop into the comment section, join the Discord, do any of that stuff, and uh, you know, let let us know that you want to do it. Mark, I can feel it. The force is strong within me. You got some more stuff you want to chime in there, brother. Go ahead and do it. No, I was, I was going to uh, have Matt hit him with it real quick. There was slogan. Hit him with your slogan. <laughs> Nah, I ain't, I ain't got no slogan. Coming at you live. Yeah. <laughs> Coming at you live. Literally this time. Anyway. Pre-recorded Leo's basement. <laughs> yeah. What's not happening in my basement, because I don't even actually have one, is anything. Uh, even again, that. yours truly, Leo, a.k.a. known as Ice on All Things Gaming and Social Media. Uh, what I've been doing, so, yep, definitely played a couple rounds of Rocket League with uh, my boy Matt the past couple nights. All three of us neglected to mention that we actually tried to do the first adventure uh, in Sea of Thieves. Uh, it was unfortunately yeah. a bust. Something happened. We might have done something wrong or something to that effect. But that game uh, hates us. We, yeah, we right. Could, yeah. We could not progress <laughs> past basically like stage two of the however many stages this uh, this mission was. Unfortunately, I think the time is running out on it. So I'll probably poke these guys and see if we can give it another shot. But that being said. Um, as we mentioned, we're going to do some big team battle. Other than that, uh, I've been doing some more professional stuff on the side. Um, and what else have I been playing? A little bit uh, working almost. I'm trying to get to that 100% on uh, the Spider-Man uh, remaster on PS5. And what else? Yeah, I. it's an addiction. It is literally... You know when they tell you 
that is now in the DSM-5 about video games have addictive properties. Slay the Spire needs to be listed in there as a perfect example. It needs that to have the my picture right next to it. Like, ridiculous. I don't know why. I can't put the friggin' thing down, whether it's on Xbox when or on end. PS5. <laughs> you know, and you know what the, the problem is? It's, it's going to yeah. be a guilt trip for me. It's going to be a guilt trip to the point where I'm going to have to set it down because out of guilt going, I could be playing all these other games, but instead I'm playing this one game. Um, but you know what it is there you go but you know what it's reassuring the fact that matt took the plunge and he's on board with me and sees how addictive it is it goes to show that i'm not completely out to lunch so not on this one (laughs) excellent so which goes to show what we talk about here on the g3 podcast is the gospel so feel free to go ahead and check out any of our gaming recommendations once again if you like the show go ahead and hit that thumbs up feel free to give us a rating a subscribe Stay tuned for the next episode. And ladies and gentlemen, gamers of all ages, remember, G3. (laughs) Yeah, holla at your boys, G3. I can never remember the thing. Right when I get hyped up, baby, I can't remember the line. Gaming's greatest generation. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, (laughs) gaming's greatest generation, thank you, Matt, is the one (laughs) you guys are a part of. Woo! Thanks for listening to the Gaming's Greatest Generation podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us today. If you have any feedback for the show or would like to contribute ideas, feel free to call 702-690-9292 or email us at gamingsgreatestgeneration at gmail.com. You can also join the Discord community by following the link in the show notes. See you next time.